This message is brought to you by House on the Rock Fellowship. We are a church that serves and cares for the Miami Valley region in Ohio. Before you continue, make sure to access the notes from our download section of our message page and have your Bible ready. Thank you for being our guest. What an interesting thing to, to pray. You think about that phrase, in Jesus' name. I mean, how many of you have said that before? Pray again, in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you prayed that before? Yep. Why? Why? Why would you say it? Someone's intercessory? Okay. Because that's what you do. Duh. Right? It's like, you know, a holy Harry Potter incantation. That's what kind of puts the ribbon on it and sends it up. Instead of an owl, it's a uh, dove. And just kind of, that's what takes the holy stuff up, right? You got to put the sprinkle of the holy stuff on it. And so you just, in Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name. And that's that, right? Why do you, why do you say it? Does anyone want to honestly say you've said it and you have no idea why you said it? You just say it because that's what you say? Anyone want to own up to that one? Well, actually, now that you mention it, I have no idea why I say that. What if I were to tell you it's that phrase that makes all the difference? It's because of those three words, in Jesus' name, what they mean, the truth that they rest on, the reality they create that we gather here today, that we sing, that we seek. We have hope. We have hope because of what it means to engage reality in Jesus' name. We have two massive challenges this morning, okay? Challenge number one. I have to preach about five sermons inside of one sermon. Challenge number two, you have to listen to five sermons within one sermon. We have a lot of content that we need to get through so that we can unpack what it means to pray in Jesus' name. We've been in this series for the last few weeks on interceding prayer. Why pray? What it means to, to meet, to plead, to reach, to breach. And in Jesus' name, see his kingdom come and his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So if you have a set of notes, they'll be really helpful for you this morning because I'm going to go through a bunch of verses that you might want to look at later and come back to. But to get started, we have to go back to what was before the start. In our foundations class, which is a catechism we teach on Sunday evenings, we unpack those things that are foundational for the faith. Students, whether they're in high school or they're adults, gather to learn uh, what is the gospel, what is the Lord's prayer, what is the Ten Commandments, how do you walk in a way that's pleasing to Jesus? What is the creed? The creed is the profession of our faith, of what we believe. We believe in God the Father, Almighty, 
maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, we believe in the Holy Spirit. Our foundation, what we stand on, is the fact that God is triune. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A divine one existing in divine three persons. And the challenge that I put out to our students that Adam puts out, and my question I would ask of you, before creation, what were these three doing? I mean, before this gets here, what were they doing? Father, Son, Spirit. Thoughts? Nope. Got to be honest, Paul, that question has never hit the radar once. What was the triune one doing before all of creation? It's a Bible nerd thing. I get that. But Jesus told us in John chapter 17, he says, you were loving me before the creation of the world. That the triune father, son, it's even in the terms father. What does the father do? The father loves. That's what the father is. The father loves. Loves whom? Loves the son. The son receives the love of the father and expresses that same delight and devotion in the spirit. Father, son, Holy Spirit existing, loving, delighting in one another in perfect love. Why does that matter? Because what does love do? Love gives. Love shares. Love invites. So at some moment, Father, Son, Spirit, existing, dwelling, delighting in devotion, one with another, in perfect love, the Father says, hey, let's create. Let's create others that we could delight in them and they can delight in us. Let's share love and life with others that they might know and share in our delight. Let's show that devotion to others, inviting them into our perfect love one for another. And so God creates. When we say God creates, it's Father, Son, Spirit create. And this is a very important dynamic to get if you're going to step into prayer and going to step into interceding prayer in Jesus' name. Because in creation, we see this happening. The Father wills creation. The Son speaks creation. The Spirit breathes it into being. Let me say that again. So you need to get this. The Father wills creation. Let's create. Let's create. The Son then speaks creation. We get that from Colossians chapter 1. For by him were all things created, things visible and invisible, on heaven and on earth. That's talking about Jesus, the Son. The Son speaks it, speaks it. And then the Spirit breathes it into being. You can see this from the opening pages. I mean, I gave Carmen a warning. Carmen's back driving the boat on the computer. I said, right, I got to get through five sermons in one morning. I'm sorry. Okay, but we're going to do this together. If you look at Genesis chapter one, let me unpack. Just the first three verses. Look at this. Boom. See, she's there. That's, just, that's how she rolls. 
Okay, in the beginning, God created, literally, in the beginning of everything, in the beginning, when all the stuff's coming together, whether it's things, heaven and earth, all the things, verse 2, look what it says. Go ahead, Carmen. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. That's Bible language. It's poetic language for it's all a hot mess and God wants to do something. It's deep chaos waters. It's dangerous. It's treacherous. There's no form. There's no, there's no, it's, everything's void. There's no anchor. There's no footing. We can't dwell there. We can't inhabit there. And the Spirit of God is just waiting to bring light into the darkness. Okay? And so what happens? The Father wills. The Son speaks. The Spirit breathes. And God said, literally, the Son said, let there be light and the Spirit light. Why do I say this? Nothing happens until the sun says it. You got to get that. This is so important. Nothing happens until the sun says it. The Father wills that there is creation. Let's share love. Let's share this community. Let's welcome others into. Father wills it. Spirit, ready to do it. Ready to do it. But the Spirit doesn't do it until what happens? The Son speaks it. You're going to see how this plays out in prayer. Because what happens Right after this, they create and they create garden and they create birds and there's planets and there's stars and there's heavenlies and there's on the earth and there's swarming things in the seas and there's humanity right in the middle of all of it. And there's this space that's created for delight and devotion, humanity with God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit dwelling together in perfect devotion, one for another. Creation is saturated. Psalm 33 says, for the earth is filled with the steadfast love of the Lord. It's awesome. What do we do? What do we always do? Preach it, Lisa. We mess it up. We break it. Instead of being perfect image bearers of God that share God's love out, we turn in. We pull in. We are selfish and turned upon ourselves. Instead of being the avenue through which God's love goes out, we become that cul-de-sac of selfishness and pride and everything suffers for it. Okay, that was sermon number one. Sermon number two, you ready? Okay, we good? We all good? Nathaniel, we good? All right, Lindsay says keep going. Okay, do you think he'll stop if we say stop? Not a chance. Here is the creation that God loves and God delights in, that God purposed to be enjoyed by him and enjoying him. 
And because it's broken and because God is Father and he loves and because the Son loves the creation he made and the Spirit breathes life, what is God going to do in the presence of a broken creation? What's he going to do? You going to leave it that way? No, what's he do? Let's go into this. Let's enter this. Let's fix this. And so in creation, we see the Father willing, we see the Son speaking, we see the Spirit breathing life. And then when Jesus comes to manifest the incarnation of the Spirit, he's going to recreate, but we see the exact same thing at play. The Father wills because the Son isn't going to do anything apart from what the Father wants. And the Father wills that this be fixed. And the Son comes and we're going to see him what? He's going to speak recreation and the Spirit Resting, anointed upon Jesus is going to bring that, breathe that life out. Okay. If you want to kind of anchor in a place, Luke chapter 4, real dense chapter, but all those pieces are hanging out there. In fact, I want to take you there, if you, if you could, if you don't mind. Luke chapter 4. If you have a copy of the scriptures, this is a, um, they're located in the seats in front of you if you want one. If you brought one with you, Gabba, you can do it. There you go, girl. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Let me just highlight some things, and then we're going to drill down around verse 31. But let me just give you some broad strokes of what's happening in this chapter, okay? Okay? Um, so Jesus born, we've got the whole Christmas story, Christmas narrative. Jesus grows up, and it's time for Jesus to enter into public ministry. Okay? And that is set out by his baptism. Shows up at the Jordan. John the baptizer is there. Jesus walks up. John's like, oh, no, 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 no. You should baptize me. Jesus is like, yeah, I know. But we're going to do this just so that everything's fulfilled. Okay, we're going to do this so it's up and good. So it's right. The Father said that this is the way that things are supposed to happen. The Father wills it. Jesus goes down into the water, comes back up. It says the Spirit of God rests upon him, anoints him. Why? Because what's Jesus going to do? Jesus is going to go bring life. And we hear the Father saying, Behold, my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Father, Son, Spirit, we're ready to do this. And the very first thing that the Spirit says is, All right, we need to go into the wilderness. And Jesus confronts evil at its greatest epicenter, confronts the Satan, the adversary, Satan, face to face. And then Jesus comes out full of the Spirit and begins his ministry, goes into a synagogue, quotes Isaiah 61, says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news. He's going to proclaim. I'm going to proclaim healing. I'm going to proclaim a new story. I'm going to speak things into life. Why? Because what does the Son do? The Son speaks it. The Father wills it. The Son speaks it. The Spirit then breathes it into being. Look at this play out in Luke chapter 4, verse 31. I want to show you some, some spaces here where some of these things start to come together a little bit. Okay, sermon 3. Okay, Luke chapter 4, I'm going to start reading in verse 31. And he went down, this is Jesus, down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee. He was teaching them on the Sabbath. Why? Because what's the son do? Son speaks. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. That's important. He has authority. His words have authority. What does authority mean? Authority means that you can make decisions and you can give orders. That's what authority means, right? If you are the parental figure in the household, you have authority. What does that mean? You can give orders, you can make decisions. 
little toddler that thinks that they have authority? No. And please help them learn that. It makes my life easier when they're older. Jesus' words had authority. They're like, he speaks in such a way. He can make decisions. He can give orders. He speaks in a way that we've never heard scribes speak before. And then that's demonstrated. In the synagogue, verse 33, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. Okay, so created. Human beings were not created to be possessed, possessed, infested, or infected by unclean spiritual forces. Counter to design, okay? Demonic force does not belong inside of the human host. That's a no-no. What's Jesus there to do? Jesus is there to recreate. The evil force cries out, verse 34, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. We know you. What are you doing down here? Humans gave up this space, and we're having a real fun time down here. You belong back up there. What are you, Holy One of God, doing in this space? And Jesus is like, funny, you should ask. Verse 35, Jesus rebuked him saying, be silent, come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. It says Jesus rebuked him. What does it mean to rebuke? What does it mean to rebuke? Rebuke means to verbally correct something. Right? If you're a parent and you need to rebuke your child, you haven't rebuked them until you've said it out loud. You can think it all you want. Like, that's not a rebuke. Like, I'm thinking your correction. I'm thinking it. I have an unspoken rebuke. Doesn't work, does it? Why? Because what is a rebuke? It's a verbal correction. That's wrong. Stop. Out. Jesus verbally corrects and recreates this human being that's being oppressed and possessed by this evil force. Get out. And as a result, the spirit leaves. Verse 36, they're all amazed and said to one another, what is this word? For with authority, because Jesus can make decisions and he can give commands, and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. They're amazed. Like, we've never seen this before. Never seen this before. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. Very similar story. A little bit different, just but tweaked a little bit. Verse 38. Jesus arose, left the synagogue, entered Simon's house. Simon, Simon Peter, Pete, number three, top three, good old Pete. Hey, now Simon's mother-in-law was ill, had a high fever. That's just a fever, high fever, high fever. And they appealed to him, Jesus, on her behalf. Jesus, she's really sick. Jesus is really bad. Like, it just keeps getting worse. It gets worse. It gets worse. It gets worse. Like, it's like, we don't know what to do. We need you to do something. And Jesus stood over her, look, rebuked the fever. 
and it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve them. What does the son do? The son speaks, right? Father wills, son speaks, spirit breathes life. Notice, is it the father's will? Is it the father's will that that body be riddled with that sickness? Is that how God created? Is that how God Now, no. I know you're like, oh, Paul, this is going to get a little weird a little bit. It was not the original design. It's not God's original intention for the human body to fall underneath this. So the son speaks, rebukes. That's not right. Out. And she's restored. The spirit breathes in. It's the Father's will, but nothing happens until what? The Son speaks. It is the Father's will, but nothing happens. Spirit's ready. Spirit's hovering over the darkness, hovering over this disease, hovering over this sickness. I'm ready to go. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm ready to do this. But the Spirit doesn't do anything until what? The Son speaks. One more. Verse 40. When the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them. He corrected verbally. They would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Christ. Here's this amazing thing. God existing in complete love and devotion and delighting in himself, Father, Son, Spirit. And because love gives and love shares and love wants to invite the other, the other, God says, let's create. Let's create. And so the Father wills and the Son speaks light, waters, birds, humans. But we broke it. But the paradigm's the same because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's okay. Let's enter into this because love gives and love shares and love wants to and restores. And so Jesus enters anointed by the Holy Spirit, sent by the Father to do what? Speak life and recreate and restore all things. And so if something's out of place, he fixes it. How does he fix it? He speaks it with authority, with authority. Because he can make decisions and he can give orders. Here's the amazing thing. Guess what he does next? He shares that with us. Because love gives and love shares, he comes to the broken humanity and says, help me put this back together. I'm going to give you my authority, my access to the Father. Help me 
put the broken pieces back together again. If you were to move ahead to Luke chapter 10, if you wanted to read it in scripture, Luke chapter 10 in the beginning, Jesus appoints, he means he gives 72 others. Others is awesome. I love that it says others because they're unnamed people because that means there's room for me in the ministry. I'm not, you know, like Pete and John and Andy. I'm not one of the big guys. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm just one of the others. He sends out 72 others to do what? Preach the kingdom, heal the sick, cast out demons. Why? Because that's what Jesus was doing. And Jesus was putting the pieces back together again. He says, go, do those things. And they report back to him. And listen to what they say. This is verse 17. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Next sermon. The 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even demons are subject to us in your name. He said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names were written in heaven. Jesus, you're not going to believe this. We went out to do the things that you were doing and perfectly honest, we weren't quite sure if this was going to work or not. But we started praying and we started doing and saying and the exact same thing that you were doing, we were doing that too. And so when we saw sickness, we confronted the sickness and where we saw brokenness, we confronted the brokenness and when we bumped into evil spirits, we, we rebuked them in your name and they laughed. And Jesus says, yeah, I saw heaven open up and Satan cast down here. I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. Okay, serpents and scorpions, that's Bible language for evil spirits. That's not like garter snakes and yucky bugs. No, that's Psalm 91 language for evil forces that are doing things that they shouldn't be doing, creating chaos that the Holy Spirit so lovingly wants to do something about. But before the Spirit can do it, what does the Son need to do? The Son needs to speak it. So Jesus says, hey, we're going to take this on the road. We're taking this on the road. I give you the authority that I have. And when you speak and pray and act in my name, you will see hell flee. Jesus, in his last few hours, reiterates this. Four sermons down, two to go. In John chapter 15, I'm going to start reading in verse 7. John chapter 15, verse 7. I'm going to read a few verses again. I'm going to see all these pieces start to come together prayerfully. John 15, verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Abide. You know what abide means? Abide means dwell. Live in an intimate relationship. Walk with me. Dwell with me. Let's do life together. Let's do life together. 
If I'm walking with you and you're walking with me and what I love is in you and, and you are loving the things that I love and if you're loving creation and doing, you ask, you ask me, ask anything in my name. It'll be done. By this, my father is glorified. That means receives praise, noticed, radiance of creation shining upon. Is, is the father glorified in the brokenness of creation? The father is glorified in the restoration of the brokenness of creation. By this is the Father glorified that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. In the same way that the Father, Son, and the Spirit have existed in love and delight and devotion, we invite you to be a part of that. Be a part of this loving thing that we're doing. We love creation and we want to see it put back together again. Join us. Join us, he says. Look what he says in verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. These things I command you so that you love one another. I didn't choose you, I appointed you. In the same way that I was appointed by the Father to go down and be the voice of restoration, I appoint you. It's your job description to go bring restoration. I've appointed you. You're not allowed to stand around and just gripe about everything that's broken on Facebook. That won't get it done. You, brother, sister, I appoint you to go and speak my words and bring life to that which is broken. I'm not just appointed to bear fruit. Whatever you ask, that you should go, that whatever you ask the Father, you now have access to the Father. The way I have access to the Father. In the same way you saw me confronting disease and confronting evil forces and systems, and you saw me speaking life into it, you can now access the Father. And ask in my name, and it will be given to you. The same authority. Ask him, and you will see heaven come to earth. His kingdom come. His will be done. What's the difference between authority and power? Talk about Jesus' words having authority. He says, I've given you authority. What's the difference between authority and power? Lucas, my son, plays rugby. When's the Rugby World Cup start? September. September's a good month. A lot of good things come in September. My birthday's in September. <laughs> September 9th. 
Why don't you get your calendar out? I'm just kidding. The amazing thing, a lot of you probably don't watch rugby or see rugby. These guys are giants. These are the biggest men in the world, mountains unto themselves, running at full speed. No pads, no helmets, holy collisions, just massive movements of force, of power, barreling down. And in some cases, the whole thing is governed by a little guy in the middle with a whistle. Oh, they might have power, but he has authority. So much so that when he blows that whistle, the power has to stop. And there will be times in the game where these massive mountains come up to the up, and they're talking. He's like, excuse me, excuse me. And they'll wait. They have to wait. You know why? They might have power. He has authority. And they might plead their case and they might lean in and he'd be like, excuse me, but you're going to go over there and you're going over there and we're going to do this again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Why? They might have power. He has authority. Spiritual forces of evil and corruption, hell-bent on destruction, have power. But to you, Jesus has given authority. Jesus, you're not going to believe this. We went out into the towns where you sent us to go, and we saw, and we spoke, and they stopped. Behold, I've given you authority. Sickness is powerful. Disease is powerful. The ingrained roots of sin and destruction and corruption are powerful. But you have authority. But remember, before heaven can act, you have to speak. I have an unspoken prayer request. Yeah, that doesn't work anywhere. I mean, it doesn't work. Well, God knows my heart. That's the problem. That's the problem. Before the spirit can breathe, the son has to speak. Last sermon. Let's see if we can tie this all together. To help us, let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 2. I know, it's a lot, and I appreciate that. And if this is a complete disaster, it's on me. If you guys walk away with anything, it's all him. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let's see if we can't tie this together. Terry, we good? You partying too much last night. Mo threw an 80th birthday party for him. He didn't know anything about it. Remember, you said you were going to come to the cross afterwards, right? 
All the, all, everyone who told you that there wasn't a party, they need to come up and confess to. All right. All right, shake it out. We're almost there, guys. We're almost there. Second Timothy chapter two. I know, lots of pieces, lots of pieces. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you, you just have to spend your life with it. Your life with it. Second Timothy chapter two. I'm gonna start reading verse one. I'm gonna take you down through verse five. Let's see if we can't tie these pieces together. Second Timothy chapter two. I'm gonna start, I mean, first Timothy, first Timothy two, one. First Timothy two, one. I know, I know. It's so hard to turn one page. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. First of all, then, I urge supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead peaceful, quiet life, godly, dignified in every way. This is good it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For, meaning that all rests on this, there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Meaning what? Mediator, interceder, the one who bridges because of what Jesus victoriously did upon the cross and his resurrection, he now stands as the holy, divine, appointed bridge from the holy throne room of the Father to what's going on in this hot mess called earth. Jesus says, I'm the connection. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, coming through me. I'm the interceder. Because I have broken through, you can now pray through. For there is one mediator. Because of this, he then says in verse 1, first of all, most important thing, greatest priority. You want to know what church should be doing? This is what a church should be doing. It's not smoke machines and it's not cappuccino machines. Okay? The most important thing that a church should be doing, you know what it is? I urge, I plead, I beg, I ask, he says. Prayers, supplications, intercessions be made for everybody. And that word intercession is awesome. It means a royal pleading. But more than that, it's not just someone coming into a royal courtroom and saying, I have a petition. It's a familial term. There's a boldness that's connected to it. It literally means to interrupt somebody else who's speaking. So I ask you, who has the guts to enter the king's throne room and interrupt the king when he's speaking? It's the son who knows He's loved. It's the daughter who knows I can see dad whenever I want. 
So here's the Father orchestrating and working and creating and recreating and in walks the Son. Dad, we have a problem. Dad, we have a mess. Dad, there is. And the Father says, all right, what do you want to do? Well, can we do this? Yeah, let's do that. Can we do this? No, it's not time for that, but that's good. Let's hold on to it. Can we do this? Absolutely. Let's make this happen. And the Spirit goes, life. You're like, I don't think I can do that. I don't have access. I can just walk in front of. How many of you have a job that includes an access badge? Right? Can I borrow it? Can I do your thing with the access badge? At least if I grabbed your access badge, can I just walk into a surgery room? Hey guys, it's all right. I'm Lisa. Here's your surgical tray. Could I do that? Could I pull that off? No, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't do that. But Jesus says, in my name, you can come. In my name, you can come. So I thought what you guys probably need if we're going to pull this off is you probably need access badges, right? So if the first impression team would come forward, go to it, Miss Nancy. Start scattering them all over the place. Yep. We made you access badges. And it simply says, Jesus the Christ, position, the beloved son of God, hiring date, all eternity, badge number 9941, and then a QR code. Yes, I know this isn't going to get you into anything. Please do not take this down on I-75 and tell semi-trucks to teleport over your head. For you surely will see Jesus. <laughs> but maybe in this is enough reminder and enough touchable, tangible of truth that when we pray, we might remember in Jesus' name, I have access to the Father. In Jesus' name, I have authority to confront the darkness. In Jesus' name, I am appointed to bear good fruit. In Jesus' name. So to put all this together, this is my challenge to you this week as we seek to grow as intercessors. First impression, first, first, well, the artists come up, our, our band, would you guys come up? This week, maybe with this on hand, maybe clip it onto your Bible. You can walk around like this, man. I think that's awesome. You do that. People are like, get out. You know it, man. Absolutely. Begin your prayers instead of ending your prayers with in Jesus' name. 
Normally we say everything and we pray everything and then we get to the end. In Jesus' name, amen. What if we started that way? What if we started cognitively with the biblical truth that I am coming in Jesus' name, called, appointed, given access, authority in Jesus' name? Start that place. If it's the Lord's Prayer, in Jesus' name, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. In Jesus' name, as you see corruption and darkness, as you see who still needs an access badge. All God's children need an access badge. We need a few more. Ms. Nancy, got some? We got a few people up front that need some? Those online? Yeah, sorry. There we go. Give Miss Lori one. Start your prayers with in Jesus' name. Look around and start to see Father, you are working. It's your intention, Father, that you've sent Jesus to begin this recreation, restoration. And as I see things, Father, that are opposed to your love and are opposed to your intent of creation, I'm going to engage those things vocally. I'm going to pray these things out loud, Father. I'm going to vocally engage them. I'm going to verbalize it. Why? Because heaven doesn't move until the sun speaks. Thank you for sharing your time with us. And we'd love for the journey to continue. If you're a guest, would you consider reaching out to us? We would love to come alongside and encourage you in any way that we can. If you're someone who's joined us today, and you are desperately reaching to find hope wherever you can. Again, Jesus came that we would find hope. You can find hope today. If you want to send us a short note, a member of our hope team would reach out quickly, promptly, to come alongside and see what we can do to encourage you in whatever storm you might find yourself in. That's why Jesus came, and that's why we're here. Jesus said there's two ways to live your life. And a wise man, a wise woman, builds their life on Jesus' instructions. God bless.